This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And it's time once again for Mariner's Pod. Thanks for being back. Hope you had a great weekend. We're going to cover the series against the Red Sox. Have some highlights for you. And a very fun conversation coming up. Shannon Dreher had a long conversation with Will Vest. Uh, such an interesting guy. Really fun to talk to. So that's going to come up in a few minutes. But a successful weekend for the Mariners in Boston as they split with the Red Sox. A very entertaining series. And it started with the first game on Thursday. A game that, well, it saw Mitch Hanniger once again have a pretty big night. 0-2 pitch. Swung on. Set to deep center field towards the triangle. That baby's carrying out of here. A three-run check by Mitch Hanniger. 7-3 Seattle. Got it on an 0-2 pitch and drove it out. What a big cushion now. 7-3 Mariners in the top of the 10th. Hanniger extended the Mariners' lead in extras. The three-run home run also walked a couple times in the ball game. He continues to sizzle. Justin Dunn was good, too. He went five, gave up a couple of earned. That was it. And the bullpen slammed the door. And that's really been the story for the Mariners. It has been the common thread. And Mariners wins the bullpen with an ERA just a touch over one. They are keeping the Mariners in games when they fall behind early, giving the offense a chance to push them across. And they're slamming the door late, keeping teams from coming back. And they have just been sensational as a group. So the Mariners take game one of the series against the Red Sox. Game two would go to Boston 6-5. And they didn't have much going until Kyle Seager stepped up and swatted a three-run home run in the final inning. And that would be pretty funny considering what would happen the next day with Kyle Seager. And the pitch to Seager swung on and a fly ball into center field and deep going back into the corner, going back. Verdugo still going back, and this one is off the base of the wall at 420. One run will score is Haggerty. France around to third. And France comes in to score as well. Kyle Seeger in at third base with a triple into the triangle. Two runs are in, and the Mariners have a 3-0 lead. And already, what an afternoon for Seeger with three runs batted in. One in the first and two here in the second. Well, it's a funny game. You can go for a lengthy period of time where you couldn't hit water if you fell out of a boat all of a sudden you get in a streak here's a swing and a fly ball into center field and deep Verdugo going back and this one is off the top of the wall and straightaway center field Seager in at second up of the ball is Verdugo the throw in Kyle Seager with a double off the wall and straightaway center field he has a single a triple and a double and now he's a home run away from the cycle and we're only in the top of the fifth inning that one almost got out to center field so when it was all said and done he hit for the cycle and four straight at bats going back to the previous game was a home run away from the cycle in game three of the series mariners win eight to two as they got a great outing 
from Chris Flexen. Flexen, his pitch. Swung on, ground ball, right to the shortstop, Crawford. Underhands to second for the out, and that is the inning. What a day it's been for Chris Flexen. A career-high seven innings, a career-high seven strikeouts, and just one run allowed at Fenway Park against the mighty Red Sox. Career-high seven innings, career-high seven strikeouts, and against a team that's really been the best offense in the American League. He was dynamite, and the Mariners take game three of the series. As we will take a listen to what Chris Flexen had to say after that start. Hey, Chris. Uh about today, um, I know you've you've been you know four seam cutter and mixing in some of the other stuff well, but I thought from watching the broadcast that the the four seamer really had some good ride and some good late life to it. Is that the best that pitch has been for you this year? Uh, Might have been this year. Yeah, I definitely felt pretty good with the fastball. I was able to uh, execute it very well today, down uh, the zone and up at the top, and uh, you know, was able to uh, have all four going for me today. Just like kind of how you've redefined, redefined yourself as a pitcher. Do you find yourself getting more and more comfortable about how that works at the MLB level with each start? It seems like every start gets a little bit better. You have a little bit more of an identity and an idea of what works. Yeah, you know, uh, each time, you know, continuing to learn, develop, continue to gain confidence, trust myself, uh, you know, sticking with the plan and, uh, you know, keep keeping the same mindset every time I go on. That's win a ball game. Chris, given your uh, unique journey, uh, especially having to go overseas to pitch and come back, what is this first month and what have these four starts meant to you? Does it sort of reaffirm that, hey, all the work I did in over there in Korea and to get my body in shape, uh, that it's really paying off? Or just basically, what have, what's this month meant for you? Yeah, you know, it, it definitely shows that it's paying off, uh, you know, the work to put in to get better. Um, you know, in each week, each bullpen session, always trying to you know, get better and continue to build off these outings. Um, you know, these first four have been great for me. Um, you know, helping the ball club win games and, uh, you know, the defense behind me has been an unbelievable. You had some big plays today, but, uh, you know, it's ultimately just continuing to build confidence and, uh, you know, trust yourself. What pitch turned things around for you? Um, I think being able to execute command all four. Um, I know, uh, the cutter is something that's new. I threw a slider previously, and, uh, you know, the cutter is, I think, something that's uh, a more of a pitch that I can command a lot better and execute when needed. Um, but the curveball still the same. I think the changeup has gotten better and, and still throwing a, you know, straight forcing fastball and just being able to execute and command it a lot better right now. And here is what Kyle Seeger said after his big ball game. When you're single, double, triple, and the team's leading, are you thinking homer in your mind when you're up in those last two PAs? Um, the thought crossed my mind. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah, it was, um, not something you go into the day thinking about. So that was, that was pretty cool for me. It was uh, definitely something a little bit different for me. How great was it to, um, to play defense behind Flexen? Flexen was awesome. He was absolutely awesome today. He was going right at guys. There was so much conviction. He was attacking guys. Um, you know, even the few guys that did get on, he was getting ground balls. We were getting no play balls. I mean, he, he was, he was absolutely, he was on tonight and it was a lot of fun to play behind. The last two games you've had, uh, you, you got your bat going. How'd you get it done? Uh, well, getting hits is always more fun. So I, I thought I would join the fun. So that was, uh, that was the goal. Um, 
I've been doing a lot of work in the training room. The trainer's been taking care of me. Um, Laker and JD, we made a made some swing changes, kind of get my hips working a little bit better. So it was, um, you know, it's been it's been a process, but you know, it always feels good to get hits and uh, you know help the team. Kyle, it wasn't the uh, we heard about a ritual on before yesterday's game where there was some cleaning out of some bats and some other things in the clubhouse. Can you explain that at all? And you know, is it a religious ritual or is it a baseball ritual? What are we doing there? It's it's happened a couple of times over the years. Um, I think I'm going to blame Styles, Brian Styles. He, uh, I think some of the bats he was ordering me were right-handed bats, so they weren't really working. So we were able to get rid of those, kind of go through them, figure out which one's working, and then you know go from there. Game four, with the Mariners a chance to win the series, did not go their way. Nick Margavichis got the start, and he only lasted a third of an inning. He walked four, just did not look like himself at all. He's going for an MRI today, so we'll have news on that as we move through the week. But really tough day for him after he was lifted early from his last start. So something to watch. LJ Newsom and the bullpen pitched well. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything more. Seven and two-thirds, only allowing one run between Steckenrider, Sadler, and Newsom. Newsom went four scoreless. So we'll see what happens with the rotation moving forward as Boston gets the win in the finale of the series, 5-3 to three the final. Here's what Scott Service said after the final game. Yeah, it's uh, uh, not the way we were hoping to get that one started today. Certainly uh, in one of those games, Hard just uh, uh, didn't have a whole lot. And just an update on him. Um, yeah, he's... After getting looked at a doctor here, there, there's some shoulder fatigue going on, and he's going to get an MRI, um, you know, over in Houston tomorrow. So uh, uh, he certainly uh, didn't have it right out of the shoot, kind of put us uh, behind the eight ball there. I, I say all that, and I thought our bullpen again did an unbelievable job today. LJ Newsom uh, to go out there and give us four scoreless innings like he did. Uh, you know, obviously he gave us a chance to come back in the ball game, but but even more importantly than that what it sets us up to do here going forward because we didn't have to run through every guy in our bullpen today. So uh, LJ, uh, player of the game for me, and don't have any players of the game and, and lose the game, but uh, really key uh, there today. So, uh, you know, concerned about March, um, you know, just not coming out right and, uh, you know, just didn't have it today and no command of his fastball at all. So uh, with that, I will take questions. Scott, Scott obviously with, with – that situation with Marge, I can't imagine you're going to have him make his next start. Where, where do you go? I mean, obviously, LJ pitched really well. Do you just slide him in, or how do you go with that? Oh, we'll, we'll talk about it here in the next few days. But, um, you know, that, that's LJ's track record. He has been a starting pitcher throughout his career, and I thought he was outstanding today. Um, so, you know, we'll talk about that here in the next few days and where we go the next time that turn comes around. Scott, LJ threw nearly 40 pitches two days ago. Um, you wouldn't know it by watching him throw. Does he just kind of have one of those resilient arms? And certainly he's been stretched out as a starter. This is nothing new for him logging multiple innings. But that's fairly notable, isn't it? Oh, unbelievable. I, I can't say enough of the job that he did, and uh, knowing they only had one day off. And, uh, he just keeps pitching. And, uh, you know, I thought the below was very – good the first couple innings it started to tail off after that but he keeps making pitches and we made some really good defensive plays behind him as well so uh you know uh, the effort today by our whole club certainly would have liked to score a few more runs uh we left a couple guys out there on base you know a couple 
doubles with, with nobody out and weren't able to move those guys across. Uh, but, you know, the effort our guys gave today after kind of really dragging through uh, the first couple of innings says a lot for our group. So, again, would have liked to uh, get off to the better start today. It didn't happen. Our guys hung in there and, you know, we'll move on to the next series. So we talked about how difficult this stretch would be for the Mariners. It started with a series against the Astros. Mariners win the series. Then a series against the Dodgers and split the series. A series against the Red Sox. The Mariners have split the series. So far, so good for the Mariners in this stretch. Now, it continues with four against the Houston Astros. 5-10 first pitch tonight, just as Sheffield will take the ball. Tuesday, 5-10, it will be Marco's turn. Wednesday, 5-10, Justin Dunn will take the start. And then Thursday, getaway day, 11 o'clock, Yusei Kikuchi will get the ball for the Mariners. Ems will return home after that. It's the Angels. And then the schedule starts to loosen up a little bit, but we'll see if they can finish this off in, in good fashion. I mean, Mariners right now 13-9 and nine on the season, uh, off to, again, a good start. The Astros, meanwhile, 10-11, and 11, a game below 500. Keep in mind, though, when the Mariners played them last, they were shorthanded. They were playing without a number of guys, uh, I mean, Bregman, Altuve, you know, heavy hitters for the Astros. They were without. So they're more at full strength coming into this ball game. They lost to the Angels yesterday, 4-2, to but uh, with full strength, they're a different ball club. So this is going to be a, a tough, tough four-game series on the road. When they've been healthy, they've been one of the best offensive teams in baseball, and that's you know, that's been the name of the game for the Mariners' schedule so far. They've played the Dodgers, they've played the Red Sox, they've played the Astros. You can throw the White Sox into the mix as well. But when you look at the best offensive teams in baseball uh, so far, performing-wise, I mean, that that's who you see at the top. Those are the teams that have just been crushing it early on. So it's been a tough stretch, but uh, Mariners so far so good. And they'll try and continue that tonight against the Houston Astros. Speaking of Houston, Will Vest grew up in Houston. He's going to talk a little bit about that, among many other things, although he starts his conversation with Shannon talking about just how cold it was at Fenway Park at the beginning of that series. Uh, it was uh, definitely <laughs> very cold. I was not uh, not acclimated to that, being uh, from Texas. Um, even Skip kind of came up to me before the game. He was like, you're going to – you be ready to pitch in the cold tonight? And I said, yeah, yeah, I should hold it down. All right. So we were staying kind of warm in the bullpen, but as soon as I got, got up and started throwing, it was, whew, it was a different level. So you got to just try your best. I mean, they're going through it too. So, um, I mean, everybody's got the same weather, but yeah, it was, it was cold. Was that the I mean, first time you've been in Fenway? Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, it was, it was pretty awesome. I felt like a, I felt like a kid yesterday whenever we first got here. Uh, a lot of the guys we went out to, um, the, the green monster and we got to go inside and sign it which was a pretty cool experience and then um, I took a video of the the whole ballpark and sent it to my family and it was uh yeah just kind of looking at it before um, fans and everybody got in was was pretty sweet and then obviously when, when it became game time I had to stop the the admiration and kind of get locked in for the game but it was definitely cool to have fans in there too. Yeah, it's a special place. There's no question about it. But it's a baseball diamond, and you have a job to do, and you've been doing that job absolutely uh, fantastic. 
as has the bullpen. What has it been like to be a part of, I mean, if you look at the numbers right now, this is one of the top bullpens in baseball. Yeah. Uh, I don't really like to get caught up in all that. Um, I think and as kind of the whole pen, I don't think we really do uh, get caught up in that as well. I, I think we just kind of attack it every day. I think our motto is we're trying to beat the other pen. That's all we're worried about. Um, so we're not really caught up in the numbers or, you know, anything like that. It's just we're going to go toe-to-toe with, with the other pin, and we're going to go toe-to-toe with the hitters, and we're just going to try to do our best to, to beat them. So I think that's kind of been the thought process, and I think that's been working for us. I know you all have different stuff, but I think the pitching philosophy is probably pretty much the same. They want you to throw strikes, not to be afraid to throw strikes. How do you carry that kind of from man-to-man to man-to-man with a pen? Yeah, it's just it's that mentality of, of – challenging them with with your stuff you know it's we don't have to you know nibble on the corners or anything like that it's just hey we've got good stuff just attack the guys get ahead and whenever you get ahead good things happen it's uh whenever we get in trouble that's whenever we fall behind guys and and they get in hitters counts if we can stay you know in the advantage i think you know we'll be able to continue doing what we've been doing how do you allow yourself to do that i, I mean i would imagine that any pitcher when they get up there is is going to at some point think that maybe I need to be a little bit careful in this situation. Uh, how do you allow yourself to throw strikes knowing that they can get hit? Yeah. Um, I think me, for me personally, uh, I remember my first like live BP in spring training, I was kind of that way where it was like, I've got to try to hit the corners and, you know, miss barrels. And, and I was worrying about being too fine and after talking to Woody and, and Skip, they were just like, you've got good stuff. Just throw it over the plate and good things are going to happen. So I took that into my first outing and, you know, things went really well for me where I was just attacking guys saying, here you go, try to hit it. And I've kind of carried that with me um, all this time. And I think it's just hitting's hard. You know, it's it's a it's a tough thing. and it, you, You're going to get hit. Um, that's part of the game. But if you're constantly trying to attack guys and, and throwing a lot of strikes, good things are going to happen. You spent a lot of your life as a hitter. How much do you take that into your pitching? Yeah. So knowing that I wasn't a great hitter, I know how hard it can be. So I, I kind of use that uh, to, to add a little bit of confidence and saying, look, like it, it's not easy for them. So don't make it any easier. Don't, don't fall behind or, or don't try to be too fine. Just attack the guys and, and things will work out. What's the best piece of advice you've gotten from a teammate since the season began? Let's see. I mean, honestly, just trying to, I mean, I've got it from Skip. I've got it from a lot of other guys of just, it's still baseball. You know, it's 60 feet, six inches, whether it's in a big league stadium or a minor league stadium, it's, it's still baseball. You still get outs, you know, the rules are still the same. So nothing changes other than the fact that we're playing on TV and there's more people in the stands and that shouldn't affect Um, you know, what we're doing on the field. And I think that's really helped me kind of normalize uh, being in the big leagues. How much did you need that in your first outing? I mean, you came out and by watching you, it looked like you'd been doing this forever, but that had to, there had to be adrenaline and moves and whatnot there. There was, there's there's been two outings. Uh, My, my first outing and uh, against the Astros, Uh, those two, I definitely had a lot more adrenaline than normal. And I was a little bit, uh, more wild than normal uh just because i was you know i was amped up so 
you know, I was glad I was able to kind of calm everything down in those situations, which I think in the past, that was something that I struggled with um, was, was not letting the game speed up on me a little bit. And, and it's just, it's come natural to me up here. I, and like, yeah, my wife and uh, friends have even pointed out, they're just like, dude, you look so calm on the mound whenever you're pitching and everything. I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I've just, I, I've got a new mental approach to it of just attack them. It doesn't matter. You know, it's, it's baseball, whether it's minor leagues, big leagues. What is your favorite part of your baseball day right now? <laughs> so that's funny that you asked that. Um, I think after the first series, uh, me and Sadler were out in the, uh, out in the outfield and uh, we were shagging BP and I looked at him and I was like, dude, you know what my favorite thing about being in the big leagues is? And he kind of laughed and was like, everything? And I was like, yeah, and everything's great. But I was like, it's that it's that want to win again. Like you're emotionally invested in every single game, you know, in the minor leagues, it's tough. Cause you know, you're trying, you want to win, but you're trying to develop and get to the next level. And that's ultimately the, the end goal is just moving up. And now that you're here, it's like, you're no longer worried about that. It's like, now you're invested and it's like a team environment again and every game you want to win. And so it kind of takes you back to college where like you're emotionally invested every single game in college because you're trying to get to the playoffs and ultimately trying to win the college world series. And so it's the same thing here that I, I missed that up. Cause I, I hate losing. I'm a big competitor, but in the minor leagues, it was almost just like, Oh, well we lost today, whatever. And now it's like, it, it stinks whenever you lose and whenever you win, it's like, heck yeah, this is awesome. So just being able to kind of celebrate that with teammates and enjoy that and go through those emotions. I, I love that. That's, that's probably my favorite thing. We know the story turns out you were Scott services neighbor when you were growing up and the hitting the tennis balls into the yard and getting them back. That's fantastic. Um, I also heard from Steve Sparks, the Astros broadcaster, former knuckleballer. And uh, he remembers seeing you as a kid, playing in i believe it was sugarland is that where you were yeah oh yeah yeah we were in sugarland we played at a uh, first colony little league um so yeah i i played with his uh his son for a little bit or I, I think he was a year or two below me but um yeah we would run into each other uh up at the little league fields and, and stuff so i'm sure everybody says this now but they all had you pegged to be a big leaguer someday <laughs> you were not the guy sure they that. not sure they knew it as a pitcher i think they probably <laughs> would have set a shortstop but uh, but yeah, <laughs> I ended up, ended up making it. So what was the baseball scene like for a kid growing up there and playing baseball as a kid? It was awesome. Uh, my, my parents joke all the time that I was raised at that little league field. Uh, cause I had two older brothers and my dad was coaching. He was a part of the board there and we were a big part of that little league. Um, you know, my dad and my middle brother, they, they almost made it to the little league world series. They were one game away. But yeah, I was getting hauled up there and just watching my brother's games, always playing. And that was just, it was the life. I mean, it was probably four days out of the week we were up there at the Little League field playing baseball. And, and another good thing about being in that area was uh, being able to uh, be so close to Elkins High School. Uh, that's where Rick Carpenter, uh, he coached over there. So Matt Carpenter with the, uh, with the Cardinals, he, he came and played through there. They had, you know, Chad Huffman, Royce Huffman, James Loney, like all these dudes that were just unbelievable and that's who I grew up watching so growing up in that Sugarland area was definitely a blessing because from day one you were you were you were experiencing really good baseball so um yeah that was pretty awesome who's your favorite shortstop to watch my favorite player growing up 
I mean, he played a little bit of shortstop, more second base with Biggio. I loved watching him play. That's who I kind of emulated my game after. It was just – he was just a dirtbag. Uh, my dad would always point out, you know, he was always the first one on the field, first one off the field. You know, he would run to his position. And after every game, his jersey was literally covered in dirt. And so he just – he played the game hard. So that's who I always tried to play the game after was, was Craig Biggio. How did you get from shortstop to pitcher? Our pitching our first two years, my freshman and sophomore year, was not good at all. And um, my freshman year, they clocked uh, all the infielders from uh, throwing from third base. And uh, me and another freshman, we threw the hardest. I think he threw like 94 and I threw like 91 from third. I was like shocked. I had no clue that I could throw that hard. So like I had that in my back pocket where I was like, okay, I can kind of throw hard. And I always felt like I had, you know, pretty good accuracy. So after about three-fourths of the way through our sophomore year, pitching was terrible, and I went up to the coach, and I was like, hey, you know, let me throw a bullpen. You know, I, I feel like I could do that. And uh, he just kept telling me no, no. And then finally I annoyed our assistant coach enough to where he told our head coach, Johnny, he was like, just let's, let's just let him throw a bullpen, and then we'll, we'll be done with it. Um, so I threw a bullpen at the, at the end of practice one day, and it wasn't bad. And he was just like, huh, all right, well, let's see what we got here. So uh, we had like two weeks left in the season. Um, so he was like, just uh, go during summer ball, go try to throw some innings and didn't really get to throw that much that summer. But then I came in that fall uh, as a two-way guy. So I would, you know, do my whole practice as a shortstop, hit, throw, whatever. And then at the end, I'd go throw a bullpen. And that's kind of how that, how that started. When did you have an idea you might be able to do this for a living? Whenever I had surgery, I actually, so I tore my UCL on scout day. Uh, there was, there was a bunch of scouts in the stands and I think I had faced one, uh, two hit, two hitters and I tore it on the second hitter. And um, I think I had hit like 94 that day. And Johnny, our head coach came up to me and said, Hey, you know, there's a scout that, you know, told us to, to keep him updated with you. You know, he knows that you're probably going to have to go through surgery, um, but he was impressed and he wants to, to keep up with you. So at, through the first couple weeks, uh, like after we got the diagnosis that I had tore it and everything, uh, I had talked to the coach and he was just like, all right, we're not going to make that mistake again. Whenever you come back, we're, you're going to be either a, a pitcher or a position player. You got to make a decision. And he was like, mm. honestly, if I were you, I think you've got a shot to make it if you if you go the pitching route. As soon as he told me that and as soon as I knew that I had uh, some scouts interest, that's whenever I really was like, all right, I'm going to take this seriously. I'm going to rehab the, the crap out of it. I'm going to work my butt off. And every day that's kind of what was in my mind of like, hey, I'm rehabbing so I can get drafted. Um, yeah, I, th I think. Right after I found out that some scouts were interested, I kind of ran with it and let that motivated me. What a great thing to hear before surgery. Yeah, yeah, because it was, I mean, whenever I found out that I had tore it, I remember calling my uh, my parents. I was, they they told me that I had tore it and I was on my way to a to take a stats test and I was bawling, crying, talking to my parents because I, I didn't know much about Tommy John surgery. I didn't know the success rate. I thought my baseball career was over. Um, you know, I told them, I was like, I tore a ligament and, you know, I'm, I'm going to probably be done and went into the test, bombed the test. I think I got like a 50 on it. And, um, I came out of the test and I had a missed call from my coach. And so I called him back and he was like, you're going to be all right. You go through, he's like, I know your work ethic. You go through this, this rehab, 
you're going to come back as a pitcher. I promise you, if you do this right, you're, things are going to work out for you. You just got to work your butt off. And so that kind of gave me some motivation and kind of changed my attitude about it a little bit. Um, I was definitely down in the dumps at first. And then after I was like, all right, you know, we, we can kind of let this beat me or I can beat it. So. So you, you get drafted, you, you grow up in one organization. The next thing you know, you're in another organization. When you came to the Mariners, what did they give you? What did they tell you? What did they kind of want to see from you this spring? They do a really good job of letting you know what makes you good, especially for me, not being, not having a lot of experience under my belt as a pitcher. My first few years in the minor leagues, I was trying to figure out who the heck I was or what I did well, what kind of a pitcher I was. I was always toying around between throwing a two-seam, four-seam, curveball, slider, like all this different stuff. And then once I got here, it was just like, hey, these are your three best pitches. These are where you need to throw it. Go out there and do it. And it just simplified everything. There is no longer a guessing game of trying to figure out what makes me the best they had that for me and they were just like, here you go. It was, you know, one of, I talked to Sadler all the time and it's like the way he describes it is it's like, they're giving you the answers to the test, you know, or like a cheat sheet at least. And so that helps us so much whenever you just simplify things. And so day in and day out, you go in and you're just working on those specific things and then you become better at doing that. So that, that was just the biggest thing of just them identifying who I was as a pitcher. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 